We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is waiting for an engagement. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Right. We are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, let's dive into today's letter. It is from no longer a chill girlfriend whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing us to us from the void. Hi, Sam, Sierra, and Spencer. I've been an avid listener since the pandemic, and I'm so grateful for your podcast and the insight, loving kindness, and laughter you share with us. I, she, her, 24, have been in a relationship with my boyfriend, he, him, 24, for three and a half years. We met online during the pandemic, dated long distance while I finished school, and have built a beautiful relationship. My boyfriend, let's call him John, is gentle, patient, and a wonderful listener. He has no judgment for anything I share with him, keeps me grounded through my endless bouts of anxiety, drives across town to see me all the time, and is as secure and loyal as they get. I feel very lucky to be with him. So the pickle. John and I have always communicated John and I have always communicated very openly about our goals and plans for the future, including our desire to build a future together. Starting around our two-year anniversary, John and I started talking more concretely about getting engaged around three years. We both felt like this timing worked best for us and our relationship and felt ready for this step. Throughout that year, we periodically checked back in about the timeline and how we were feeling and always walked away from these conversations feeling stable and on the same page and excited about the future. In April of this year, we went to look at rings. It was super fun. It was a super fun date and we both loved learning more about rings and found several we both loved. After that appointment, I told him that I was ready whenever. 
From then on, frequent mentions would be made to a summer engagement. He would make lots of comments about not looking at his notifications, etc. We get to the end of the school summer. I'm a teacher, so was somewhat expecting it to happen when I was off work, and nothing had happened, so I checked in about everything. He basically said, yeah, the summer got away with me, away from me more than I expected, and reiterated that he was still planning for a summer season engagement. My birthday comes, and through a series of events, I find out that he texted a friend of his, who I've met twice and who has never had a girlfriend, what do you get a girl on her birthday? the day before my birthday. I am truly not a high maintenance person and I don't ask or expect money to be spent on me, etc. most of the time. I've reiterated many times that one of the main things I need is words of affirmation and that handwritten notes mean so much more to me than gifts. His card to me on my birthday said, love you, can't wait to celebrate. I felt devastated after this birthday. The text to the friend the day before and the note made me feel like I was a girlfriend of three weeks, not three years. It felt so impersonal and like such a disappointing lack of effort when the vast majority of the time I'm a super chill girlfriend. Is it so much to ask for a little bit extra effort, like literally a letter and some flowers for my birthday? Then we reach the end of the summer season entirely and so much conflict arises. He has a lot of reasons why nothing has happened yet. I didn't save enough for the ring. I'm trying to think about how to ask your parents. We were having some arguments and I didn't want to proceed then, etc. I've asked multiple times if he wants to postpone the engagement entirely and that I would completely understand. And he has always said that he doesn't want to postpone. He wants to marry me more than anything, never wants to lose me, etc., etc., This also hurts because I've seen what he's like when he really has a fire under him about something. If he wants a new job or wants to plan a trip, it's a constant topic of discussion. He's quick and decisive, and it all comes together very quickly. I don't really understand why something as important as our engagement doesn't light a fire under him like that. John is autistic, so I know that there are certain things that his brain can latch onto and focus on, and romantic relationships aren't always that. We've talked through the birthday thing, and I've expressed my need to feel like more of a priority. Even after that conversation, I'm still struggling because he'll say things like, I was going to get you flowers, but it was closed. Like, dude, if you wrote me a sticky note with a heart on it, I would feel soothed that you were thinking of me that day. That's all I need. But I am left just feeling so confused. John has been such a straightforward partner up until this point, and I've never felt at a loss for for how he's feeling and what he's thinking about things like this. Clearly, something is holding him back from proposing, but everything he communicates is very different from the way his actions are making him feel. Am I insane? Have I, have I over-involved myself? Are my deepest anxieties true and that I'm just not worth committing to? How do I move on from this when I'm still feeling so hurt and confused and every time I bring it up, I feel like I'm coming across as a bridezilla before I'm a bride? Please help. No longer a chill girlfriend. Oh, all right, chill girlfriends. Uh, Thank you so much for asking us this question. Um, And I'm sorry that you're in this place of so much anxiety about this potential uh, engagement that you all have been talking about, um, and, uh, about this experience that happened on your birthday, um, and how hurt you're feeling by 
how little he seemed to do or care about that important day for you. Um, I think there's so much that gets wrapped up in weddings, in engagements, in all of the societal expectations that come around timelines and how things are done and what they're supposed to look like and all of that stuff um, that I, I can imagine that like, this isn't just about the fact that he's reneging on a commitment that he made, but also about something bigger. You know, you even say in your letter, are my deepest anxieties true and I'm just not worth committing to? And having that sort of doubt and feeling that way about yourself based on his actions uh, is really hard. Um, and, you know, first off, just want to name that you are, of course, worth committing to because you are worthy of love and time and affection and all of those good things. And Sierra and I are going to get into some conversation, some suggestions about what you might want to do in the situation. But before we do that, we're going to take a short break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, y'all. Welcome back. And thank you to our letter writer for trusting us with this letter. I feel like this letter is so palpable to me. Um, And this is one of the reasons why wedding planning, engagement, the general relationship escalator is so toxic sometimes. And I want to like be careful about how I phrase this because this is so relatable. This anxiety is relatable. Um, It's understandable. Um, And also... This second guessing of your boyfriend's commitment um, and the I think the 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 intensity of the anxiety and and how it is paving the way for your insecurity is due in part to the pressures that we put on our relationships when we align them to this escalator. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's. You know, the question, did I involve myself in it too much, is a great question. And I, I, I don't necessarily think it's true. I like when couples talk about getting engaged together. I think it's like a really important step, yada, yada. But, you know, if it's not abundantly obvious, that anticipation and waiting for this engagement can can cause your anxiety to spike a ton and cause resentment because you're this is a sensitive subject. This is a, this is an emotional, intimate commitment that you're making to one another. And it can really cause that anxiety and insecurity to spike when it hasn't happened or when you feel like somebody's on a different page than you, or they're hesitating, you know, if I'm being completely honest, what I think is happening here is your partner, either your partner's telling the truth they don't have enough money saved or their, you know, time is getting away from them or their life is distracting them or whatnot. And also that hesitation, that not commitment to figuring it out or saving the money or asking your parents or whatever would also like, it would translate in my brain as, Oh my God, we're not on the same page. I want this more than he does. He doesn't love me. Like I love him. Like it, it, all of I hate all of this for you because I know how much it's taking you out of the present moment of your relationship. And I, I too have been in a point in my relationship where I've had to stop and say, my anxiety is not letting me show up in this relationship that I, the way that I want. And it's tricky because we have to find a way to address what's causing the anxiety while also addressing the anxiety itself. So, so what's causing the anxiety is your boyfriend's back and forthness or what his, this apparent, what comes off as apathy to your engagement. 
and Mm -hmm. the anxiety itself is you knowing that the the engagement is coming, you know, Mm. what the engagement would mean about your relationship and the validity of you as a partner, you know, and it's, it's, it's confirming all these fears you have about yourself. Um, So like, honestly, my first note in my notes on this episode is weddings suck and they don't, they're awesome. (laughs) I actually, I love being married. I love weddings. I love weddings. They're so much fun. Like Sam and I always say, like the second you get engaged, go get that book. Uh, um, what's it called? A practical practical wedding wedding. because Mm -hmm. it just, Everything about it is 10 times more stressful than you think. Same thing with the getting engaged. Like, did you ever think that it would be this stressful? No. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting, a, I'm all over the place. Uh, but yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is the anticipation of something often takes us out of the present moment and makes the spikes in our anxiety and the spikes in our resentment and our and our mistrust make it mm-hmm. harder to connect to our self-soothing ability makes it harder to connect to the core of our relationship. Like this person is your person. They sound really great. And also you're second guessing that because of all of this. Um, For sure. And that's hard. Yeah. Cause it's, there's so much tied up in it. Like you were saying, there's like so much yeah. tied up in, in engagements and like expectations and around what it. Represents. And like, yeah. Right. So much about like, you know, like even coming at it from from his perspective, right? Like there's so much that's tied up in it around like how much money you're supposed to spend on an engagement ring and like when you're supposed to do it and how romantic it's supposed to be. Right. Like the the idea of like putting together a proposal is like is its own thing. And and there's so much expectation around it. Right. And Mm -hmm. and there's. And so what I, I want to say to you is that, like, I understand that you're telling him, like, we can postpone. It's going to be fine. Right. And I can also understand that, like, in this situation, because of the fraughtness of, like, engagement and wedding and, like, you know, it's like the same thing that we talk about when it comes to sex, where it's like, yeah, we can have, like, honest and open conversations about sex. And also, like, sex is so tied to, like, shame yes. and expectations that it's, like, really hard to even be able to do that. And I think the same thing is true of like expectations around weddings and engagement. And even though you're saying like, we can postpone, we can postpone, he might be hearing we can postpone, but then she's going to be mad at me or we can postpone, but then I'm not, um, I'm not man enough to make enough money to buy this ring for her. Right. Like there's, because there's so much tied into it that like, we can't, we often can't even have like a a material conversation about the task at hand because there's so much symbolism that's like tied to it so yes. like not to give your your boyfriend an out because i'm gonna get to yep. <laughs> some stuff about that later <laughs> yeah but i want to like add that to it because i think as you're thinking about how to have some of these conversations or what you need to do in this situation is like is recognize the the ways in which like the symbolism of all this stuff is so deeply steeped into it that it's like hard to extract it. It's hard to like have like a, just like a rational 
material conversation about it. And I would say like, I know that you all have been talking about this and you're like expecting it. Like if you are this anxious about a proposal that isn't happening, I would say that you should say, we're going to postpone this, (laughs) right? Like I would say that you have the ability to say, this is making me so anxious about whether or not you're going to propose that I don't want it to happen right now. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say like, let's just leave this and we will figure out whether or not we want to get engaged later. But like the expectation of this timeline is causing me consternation, right? Like I can't do this. such a good thing, Sam. I think that would be totally, I would understand that, right? Like letting both of you off of the hook that you've kind of like maybe inadvertently hooked yourself onto, right? Because weddings and engagements are are more fraught than we think that they are. As somebody who yes, has planned they, a wedding and an engagement. They just it's are. Like, yep. It's just as, it is more than you think it's going to be because all you see when you go to a wedding or an engagement is like the fun, cheerful part, but there's like shit that goes into every other piece of it, right? Uh, you know, what this reminds me of, and, and Sam and I are going to get to other things that involve you guys getting engaged soon. So like, if you are like, Nope, I want to do this soon. Don't listen to this, but I'm, I was, I'm reminded now. And I was reminded earlier this week of, um, our ideology about the dentist, like how I, (laughs) I, will make my appointment and then I'll like inevitably cancel it and reschedule it for a couple days, a couple weeks later. And it's literally just, it alleviates some of my anxiety to know that I can cancel those appointments. <laughs> it's a power you move. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I hate the dentist. Um, but, and how something recently in my life, I decided to say no to right now. And I actually feel more ready to say yes to it now that mm-hmm. I have told now Long story short, this is not the same thing, but you know, y'all know, um, if you haven't heard already, my we had to say goodbye to my dear Opal, my dog, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago at this point, um, and somebody offered us a kitten, and I have been fucking telling Willow that I want a kitten for literally years, <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. But we all we were both kind of like, I was just sort of saying yes because I've always wanted a kitten, and but we stopped and we were like, having conversations about where the litter box goes, who's going to clean it out. Like, how are we going to deal with my daughter and the kitten? And, and it just didn't feel totally right, even though we both wanted it. So we were like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to say yes to this kitten. We're going to say no to this kitten. And then like a week later, just going through the process of saying no to that kitten and sort of sharpening our understanding of like why we wanted one, what it would bring to our life, how we would care for it. Literally a week later, we were like, okay, we're ready. We're going to get one sometime <laughs> after the holidays. But the, the practice of saying no to that kitten made me feel more capable of saying yes to it. This is fucking not the same at all. This is why we're it's not professionals. No, it's it's but deeply the same. Sam is, Sam is making a great point that I didn't anticipate. Like, this is stressing your do. relationship. <laughs> you always doubt me. And then I come That's in. That's not true at all. I literally, when I'm flailing, I say, save me. Um, okay, so this is all to say... This is obviously stressing the health of your relationship because you don't feel secure in what was a secure relationship. And so Mm -hmm. what if you just pump the brakes and say, I don't, this is, I just want to take a break from being ready to get engaged. It's not because you haven't yet or, or whatever. You don't even have to, you just be like, this is stressing me out too much. And it's bringing out a side of me that I need to tend to. You need to nurture this, this, this Mm -hmm. wound, you know, you need to nurture this anxiety. It's it, it, 
Trust me, as a fellow anxious person, this sort of anxiety is not going to go away with a ring on your finger, you know? And, and I'm not saying you doubt your relationship or your partner, but I'm saying the way this anxiety is coming up, you need to tend to it, right? And so give yourself the opportunity to say no so that you can more fully say yes later. Um, maybe. This is just an option. <laughs> uh, We're not yeah, saying, yeah. you know, if you got engaged tomorrow, I would be like, you know, God bless. Uh, so true. <laughs> and uh, let's talk, let's pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about the boyfriend's actions. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I think, uh, again, like because weddings and engagement stuff is like so fraught, I think that that like there is an underlying issue here that I think definitely needs to be addressed, which is that you and your boyfriend made a commitment to do something to a timeline and it, he's not, he's not showing up in that commitment, right? Yeah. Like it's really easy to talk about getting engaged. It is, like I said, much more difficult to actually do it. And like the discrepancy between what he's saying that he wants to do and what he's saying that he will do and what he's actually doing are really different. And like, that is a fundamental problem. Unfortunately, like it gets tied into all of this like stuff around, around engagements. And so like, instead of being like, Hey, I think it's actually kind of a normal and reasonable thing for you to be upset with the fact that like you and your boyfriend made a commitment to something and now he's reneging. Instead, we're just, you're telling yourself, I'm crazy. I'm a bridezilla. I'm one of those women who just want to get married at the expense of everything. Right. Like, <laughs> and you're also telling yourself another lie on the other side of the spectrum, which is that I'm unlovable. My boyfriend doesn't love me <laughs> because we're not getting be engaged. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, <laughs> absolutely. It's both this of those is another things vote for like just pumping the brakes a little bit because you see all the stories that you're telling yourself. Do you see, mm -hmm. but, and also Sam has this great point of like, you had this shared agreement and he's, he's not following through on it. So I too would be reasonably confused, yes. but we, we need to get and back. Upset. We need to get our feet back <laughs> on the ground and figure out what is, what, what is real and what isn't real. Absolutely. And I think that this might be, a more effective way for you to talk to him about this yeah. rather than saying, why aren't we getting engaged or like we committed this timeline and right. Like I think if you can say, right, like engagement stuff aside, right. Like wedding stuff aside, you and I made a commitment to something and it feels like you're not following through on it. And that makes me feel like you don't, trust me, you don't love me, whatever feelings are coming up for you, right? That makes me feel confused. That makes me feel hurt. That makes me feel like I'm having trouble trusting that you're going to be able to commit to things in the future. Like all of those things are really true, but, but kind of trying to divorce it a little bit from like the, all of the fraught stuff around the engagement might be more effective to sort of get through what I think is the underlying thing here, yeah, which is not necessarily that like you want to be on a timeline or that you are worried about being a bridezilla. Although I think that both of those things are true and like we can kind of get to them. But I think like the fundamental issue here is something that you two could look at more clearly if you kind of take it away from some of the big wedding stuff that's happening. Right. And yeah. 
And, you know, I think as you're thinking about all of this, like, birthday stuff as well, right? Like, again, birthdays are one of those things with, like, all of the symbolism tied to them. Like, what does it mean to be a good partner on a birthday? What do your birthday mean about you? What is, like, what does it look like to have attention? Like, all of that stuff is also there as well. Um, and I also want to say that, like, people approach these types of things differently, and mm -hmm. your birthday is really meaningful for you. And I hear that. And I hear that he didn't show up in a way that felt like appreciation to you. And I think that you're like reading into some of his own understanding of what birthdays are and how they should function and saying that means something about you as a person, as opposed to something about his worldview about what birthdays are and aren't, right? Like yes. you're looking at that and saying like, he didn't plan until the day before for my birthday. And I don't know what birthdays look like in his house. Maybe it was a thing that his family did that they planned the day before. Like, what are we going to do for your birthday? Right. Or maybe it's that like presents aren't something that he thinks about a lot or words of affirmation aren't thing ways that he understands and expresses love. And I, I just want you to like understand that a little bit so that again, we can kind of like look at what is actually happening here, which I think, again, is really reasonable. You've said some things about how you like to give and receive love and he's not showing up for them. Yeah. But tied to this like birthday stuff, then we're like braiding in all of these expectations that neither of you has actually agreed to about what birthdays are or aren't or how they should look or what they mean. Right. Like right. now we're in this place where it's like suddenly we're arguing about birthdays, but what was actually happening here is that you want to receive love in a particular way and it's heightened on this important day for you, but, yes. but that he's not showing it in the way that you would like to, he's not committing to doing the things that he said that he's going to do, which is, you know, tell you that he loves you, you know, do kind things for you practice this or get this engagement ring happening right like that's kind of the fundamental issue i think in both of these different scenarios yeah i totally agree um and as somebody who is anxiously attached i, I don't know what your proclivities are mm -hmm. but i birthdays gift giving i love receiving gifts i love words of affirmation and they are it's like a landmine. You know what I mean? Like it is a, it is such ripe opportunity for me to take somebody's love for me and, and interpret it as anti-love as not, not enough thought, you know, mm. uh, the ways I can hurt myself when somebody does something for me, <laughs> it just, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but I, to, to, to literally give you an example from your own letter that I connect to, you know, you were like the, the birthday present, the card wasn't enough, but all I, all I ask for, he could leave me, he could leave me a, a post-it note and that would be enough for me. And obviously mm -hmm. like birthdays are special days. This is how we hurt ourselves more is because we have bigger anticipations of those days, but this is not to condemn any of your behavior i it's all very relatable and it's it's it it has to go hand in hand with some accountability to your partner about how he is participating and showing up for you and loving you the way that you deserve and require and also i would take the time over the next couple months to be like how am i applying meaning 
to the way my partner shows up for me that might not be in in absolute alignment with their true intentions or how much they love me you know us anxiously attached people, we are hyper vigilant. We are vigilant. We are on constant lookout. We are actually seeking out like, because we think it's going to protect us. We are so vigilant to the ways that people don't love us because like you said in your letter, we are constantly afraid that we are going to find proof that we are unlovable proof that we are hard to love proof that people don't want to be with us. They don't want to commit to us. And mm -hmm. that's why we look at that card and we count the number of words and we don't see the fact that they got us a card that they want to celebrate with us, that maybe they want to spend time with us to show us how much they love us to, you know, the millions of reasons why that card said what it said. And instead we see, they didn't put a lot of thought into this and they don't love me and everything I'm afraid of is true. Um, yeah. That's what that yeah. hypervigilance looks like. And that that's takes real. a lifetime of untangling. And I, this is why it's hard to talk on these shows and, and why Sam and I sometimes like ebb into the vagueness is, you know what? There's a very real possibility where like your boyfriend fucked up and he could have tried a lot harder on your birthday. For sure. And actually, more importantly, both things can be true. He could have done more. And also, you could be too vigilantly interpreting the card. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that you could be, that your anxiety could be interpreting it in a certain way to affirm all of your fears. You know, um, yep. our anxiety lies to us. Our anxiety is a punk ass bitch that loves to tell us things, that loves to affirm the stories we tell ourselves instead of actually airing on curiosity and compassion. You know, it loves to be like, you're right. He didn't think about you. Um, and yeah. also like, maybe he should have like thought about your birthday more than a day in advance. Like all, both of these things are true at the same time. For sure. Absolutely. And it's like to, to give him some credit, you did say like, all I need is like a post-it note with a heart on it. And he gave you a card that said, I love you and I can't wait to celebrate with you. Right. So, so again, it is about like, like Sierra said, right. Like some of it is about examining some of those things in ourselves and saying like, okay, if I'm fine with a post-it note, then why, what about this card didn't feel good enough for me? And right. what is this, that saying about me? What's the interpretation of that, that I have while also right. sort of like sitting in the reality of like, it's okay to want to be told that somebody loves you, right? Like it's right. okay to want to receive love in a way that feels good and authentic for you. And, and both of those things are true at the same time. The question for you is how do you sort of find that line for yourself? And I think that like what Sierra and I have been talking about is that it, like this moment feels really fraught for you to be able to do that type of self-exploration because all of this stuff is so tied to these bigger conversations around weddings and birthdays. So how do you kind of put a pause on the stuff that's like amplifying all of these insecurities and spend some time, you know, not worrying about when that engagement is coming and instead doing some discernment for yourself around what is this relationship speaking for to me? What are the stories I'm telling myself about it? Do I need something more or different from this person besides what they're willing or capable of giving? So Again, like I think pausing some of this conversation around the engagement, talking about how this reneging on this commitment sort of landed for you and felt for you, 
and then doing some work to say, what of these expectations feel reasonable and achievable for this person? And which of these expectations may feel like they're, they're not actually as important as the underlying story that I'm telling myself about what those right. expectations are. Right. Exactly. All right, my darling, we know that this is all very personal. It's heavy. It's interconnected. Um, and there's also joy in there. I also mm -hmm. just want to say like, you're, you know, congrats on a great relationship. Congrats on having these vulnerable conversations and talking about your future and having this shared vision. Like, it sounds like you're doing a lot of things right. Um, we know this is tricky. We know this is deeply connected to your heart and we know that you can navigate it with grace and compassion for yourself and your partner. Good luck. We hope this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right. It's Friday. So we're going to give you a blind date every week. We like to set you up with a blind date, something we love, something we want to send you home with. And this week we are setting you up with a book called South to America, a journey below the Mason Dixon to understand the soul of a nation by Imani Perry. Um, and Imani Perry is a, is a very well-known um, historian, um, particularly around sort of uh, the African-American experience, the history of slavery. And uh, this book is about um, the South in a way that it tells a broader story about the history of the United States. Uh, so kind of challenging this idea that like the South is its own place, right? Like that the experiences of slavery, the experiences of racism exist only in the South and really trying to understand that the the birthplace of our country is actually out of the South and that the systems of slavery, the systems of Jim Crow, all of those different things um, have influenced beyond just the South, but have actually influenced the history of this country in a really meaningful way. What I also loved about this book is that it is also a love story to the South. Um, Imani is actually from the South and uh, has spent a lot of time there. And so there's a lot of really good sort of appreciation for the culture of the South, um, particularly the culture in uh, African-American communities. And it was just really wonderful to see somebody sort of hold something that they seem to really love and appreciate in a really sort of nuanced and um, and helpful way. So if you're interested in U.S. history, if you're interested in learning more about sort of the influences that have developed our understanding of ourselves as a country, as a people, um, I would check it out. And it's called South to America, a journey below the Mason-Dixon to understand the soul of a nation by Imani Perry. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can, if you're interested in more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcasts. And remember, 
Your anxiety loves to lie to you. It loves to tell you that those deepest, darkest secrets, those things that you are ashamed of about yourself are all true. Your anxiety doesn't always have to be the loudest voice in the room. You can push back against it. You can point out the stories that you can point out the lies that you're telling to yourself and you can choose a different way, a different voice to speak to yourself with. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>